Welcome back to A Fine Time for Healing, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. Today we have with us um, Dr. Michio Ambrosius, who is a clinical psychologist and transformational leader and coach. She has dedicated more than 20 years helping individuals with a focus on mental health and trauma treatment. Her newest technique, which you all may be familiar with because I've talked about this, neurobilateral processing, NBP, is highly effective for trauma healing by resolving painful memories through integrating the different parts of the brain. This technique is freeing people efficiently from their trauma on a cellular level. Dr. Michio passionately believes that we can follow our inner path to pursue our unique potential and life purpose. She is deeply committed to helping her clients achieve psychological and emotional growth. And there's so much more that to Dr. Michio, which she's going to tell us. So welcome, Dr. Michio. It's so great to have you with us today. Thank you, Andy, for having me. I'm delighted to speak with you today. Yes, yes, it's great to have you. I think it would be great. Um, I think it would be important to sort of start with a little bit of your background and what your childhood was and what motivated you to become a psychotherapist. Well, I didn't realize it for a long time, but you know, eventually I realized that I develop empathy to the people who are experiencing depression and anxiety and coming from their early life experiences of trauma. And trauma includes, you know, uh, abuse of any kind or loss of any kind. Um, that is the cause of oftentimes uh, long after the experiences, uh, negative experiences, uh, the symptoms, real symptoms, recognizable symptoms show up and um, in the form of severe anxiety and depression. And uh, at the time I decided to take the psychology courses, um, I didn't realize that I had a mother who was abusive and narcissistic. And when I started um, master's degree coursework, um, there was a um, university um, psychologist who um, I met with um, in a weekly basis with a recommendation of the professor who told us to see a psychotherapist at school because that would be a great personal experiences for us to be trained eventually as uh, become a you know psychotherapist so i have decided to attend the, the weekly sessions with him and he was from um hawaii um sansei the third generation japanese american 
and hearing about my relationship with my mother and some of the actions that took place between the two of us, he said, oh, you must be very angry towards your mother. And at the time, I didn't really respond because I was hesitant to say anything. But when I came home, I said to my husband, you know, my therapist told me that I must be angry toward my mother. And how crazy thing he, he's saying. <laughs> I was completely denial. And those are the, often the case um, with you know, a lot of people who had experienced uh, traumatic um, um, difficulties. And so gradually, gradually, um, I um, was beginning to build empathy toward the people who I have been seeing um, as an intern um, and student um, at the, uh, you know, training centers. And oh my gosh, you know, um, this is such worthwhile work and I thought this is something I need to do because I felt so much empathy toward them. And um, e even recently, actually, uh, during our trip to uh, Pan Panama Canal, uh, we just came home a few days ago, but I was thinking of, you know, prior to that, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't take a vacation for six years. And so we you know, decided quick sign up to go on this trip. Mm -hmm. But when I started to uh, read the, your book, um, because I didn't finish it um, previous to the, the trip, um, I, uh, another, another time of eye-opening, and, and I said, oh my, I, I cannot retire. <laughs> 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 no, this is so important. Oh my gosh. There are so many people who are, you know, suffering and yet they are in denial. And yes. uh, these people need to be helped. And they really so, do. Yes, your your book rethought my <laughs> retiring idea. Oh my gosh. You know, and, and when you brought up that anger thing. It's one question that I ask people generally when they first start to see me, um, and I know they're not going to be angry, and they go, no, not really. Why do you ask? And I said, because anger is, anger shows me that you have developed self-love and boundaries, because until then, you're not going to get angry until you really feel violated. But in the beginning, you really don't feel violated because you don't understand your part in it. You don't understand what has happened to you. So that's a very, very big question is, are you angry about this? And at some point, that is a healthy response, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Yes. And, you know, finally realize the personal space, personal um, mental and emotional uh, elements in us, which is the soul part of ourselves, had been really um, 
violated and and hurt and wounded until we feel anger um, toward the perpetrators, we won't be healing our wounding. And, and anger, right. And anger doesn't mean that you're going to go out and shoot up a building. Anger just means it's not that you have to display it. It's just that mm -hmm. you feel it, right? Oh, yeah, right, right. And uh, yes, hurt. Um, what is surfacing uh, of the hurt is the anger. And when you start to feel anger, you got to recognize that you have been hurt and wounded and um, abused and um, experiencing, experience, um, made to experience such degree of pain. Yes. It's very deep pain. So you you were born in Tokyo, Japan, um, and raised by a Roman Catholic grandmother and father and a Shinto mother in a predominantly Buddhist culture and Zen philosophy. So you bring a lot of different philosophies into your work, right? Yes. Cultures. That is very helpful. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Uh, Aside from regular uh, white Americans, so to speak, um, I see a lot of uh, people from Asian countries and Middle Eastern countries, and especially women of these uh, Asian and Middle Eastern countries had been really hurt and oppressed and controlled by narcissistic males and parents mm -hmm. because the culture tells the their parents that they have a right to own their children. And therefore they'll, you know, try to raise the submissive um, people and polite kind and, um, you know, good people is their intention, they say, but, you know, with the narcissistic um, treatment of them to make them submissive and controllable. Yes. And I, yeah, and I've actually seen that. I find it's, it's very complicated to work with clients who are from these cultures because you're their culture is um approving of this kind of behavior and it's very hard for them to rise up out of this and be mm -hmm. different because then they lose the support of their culture their family mm -hmm. everything so it's a huge risk to heal from this right right, right. and such mm -hmm. emphasis is is given to us mm both male and female offsprings uh, of the parents learn to obey. Um, emphasis is to, to uh, obey and respect our parents and elders and, you know, culture train you to be susceptible for getting narcissistic, um, abusive 
treatment and you not find, to yeah i'm sorry yeah. object right do you not find that object. that they have to remove themselves from the culture in order to heal or come to say come yes. to the united states and be away into a different kind of culture setting for them to be able to heal I think this so. i think so yes although nowadays you know in japan i see in japan and uh, different part of the world there are psychotherapists but they are you know very much affected people and steeped in their culture who tell you to be submissive tell you to be you know gentle and not fight back um so i i think that they they do need to be removing themselves from the culture because culture itself is abusive culture especially toward um women and people who are in lower you know social strata or from these cultures that they realize it when they're within the culture or it isn't until they maybe come to the United States or a you know a more liberal kind of culture um a more mm -hmm. self-oriented kind of culture that that's really when they wake up to it because when they're immersed in that culture um they may not be able to see it they know they don't feel right but they don't understand why right that's right. That's right. Yeah. The reason why I <clears throat> left Japan and, you know, saved money and worked after two hours and um, decided to leave Japan, that was not reason. That was not the reason to leave Japan uh, for my parents and abusive mother. I, I thought, you know, I could actualize myself more in you know uh, countries where uh, freedom of um, yeah freedom is valued democratic um, thinking and attitudes are valued and I wanted to see how I can cultivate my ability and uh, ca capacity in myself to you know, grow and and uh, be educated and so I at the at the beginning I even had the intention of going back to Japan oh, after wow. one year but I went back to Japan after one year um no actually after th three years I stayed on <laughs> uh, then actual um first uh, plan of staying here for one year stayed on three years and went back to japan and um i said oh my god i i cannot live here no. <laughs> it took that took a lot of courage for you to come to a completely different culture did you know the language did you know how to speak english when you came here not very much um mm -hmm. very little actually and in in a way that was mm, yeah another difficulty that i had experienced because i 
never felt, and I still don't feel that I speak English fluently and effortlessly. Um, therefore, you know, I don't feel quite confident when I do the speaking engagements. And right, um, mm -hmm. well, you do very well, but it, it you know, oh, are you, yeah, it's you good. do very well. It's you know, still I, I just can't. And certain words don't come up you know uh, readily and, right and um, it's difficult I still feel difficult right and I I felt that was you know I felt that was a punishment for leaving our parents for a long time I could see why you would because we all always go back to ourselves and we blame we're, we're the first person we blame this is happening mm -hmm. because I did something bad, you know, and that okay. guilt and shame is so deep within us. It's very, very, very hard to, um, yeah. to get rid of that. So you, um, you have, you created this neurobilateral processing, which of course I'm very familiar with because I was in your pilot training program. And mm -hmm. um, I know that you have a 99% success rate with doing mm -hmm. this. So tell us about the, you know, the NBP, um, what your, what caused you to create this? What were you were thinking when you developed this? Um, I think that would be a good place to start because I know you had a very specific reason for developing this. That's correct. And more well-known uh, trauma healing technique is called um, EMDR, uh, eye movement, uh, desensitization processing, EMDR. And I have taken you know, uh, that course as a continuing education course, uh, courses. And um, so I have learned to apply that technique and I have been doing that for Mm, several years um, already, and I have noticed this technique require the clients or the patients to lengthy description of how trauma, their, how their trauma experiences or uh, painful experiences perpetrated by other people, um, lengthy description was required mm -hmm. while um, the application of the eye movement um, technique was applied. And I, and two or three times, um, and one of them especially I remember when I started to use this EMDR technique on her, um, because she was um, incested by her brother, elder brother, at knife point. And when she started, when I asked her to describe, and, she, you know, she started, but she screamed and ran out of my office. And I said, oh, oh, this is not good. She is re-experiencing um, the scene of uh, trauma that right. she experienced, mm -hmm. and this is no good. 
and a few other cases, I have experienced people who were having very much of a difficulty um, describing what happened. So I said, aren't there any other way to, you know, eliminate the necessity to describe their experiences? So um, that's the reason why I decided to use breath control uh, to reduce their consciousness level um, before the start of the um, healing session. And that's how I learned by doing some yoga and, you know, uh, <sighs> this kind of thing. And will reduce the uh, awareness and a uh, little bit um, have you have you little bit of experience the um, hyperventilation and also sleepiness, so that uh, um, if they are asked to you know choose a scene um, of um, a difficulty, uh, they can at least just a moment of you know. Um, description uh, okay. can be given mm -hmm. and prepare that and then you know ask them to um, describe the scene of the trauma um, in just several words just say to me where this you know where and what's happening and who you're with and just say it and in several words only and put that into a snapshot picture so that's the uh, reason and then I have them you know little breathing again to have that snapshot picture to erase right and that is really really empowering that they are actually able to uh, erase that snapshot picture and that's the core of um, um, the difficult, abusive, um, traumatic experiences. And for them to be able to, to erase that snapshot picture is a huge, huge um, healing, healing process. Uh, because you know, flash people re-experience, re-experiences these traumatic experiences in the forms of flashbacks, right? And a flashback is like just one picture, one flash of picture. So um, snapshot picture um, is something that I thought I should have them bring up and erase it and let it go. And so that worked very well. And um, then I, you know, I have them bring up fun, loving, beautiful experiences that they have had um, in different occasions. Right. So that right. will be the, you know, good impression of uh, their life experiences can be brought back into their lives. Okay, and that's beautiful. 
were you when you first started realizing this that you could sort of um reduce the impact of the flashback were you were mm -hmm. you combining this with emdr at first did you sort of bring that into emdr or did you just completely change the way you were doing this work i have well because of uh, you know uh, my experience of um, applying EMDR techniques and I saw this negative effects happening to my um, clients and then, then I decided to completely change although the process um, the processes some of the processes later on that I utilized like bringing them up with a happy beautiful occasions that you, you know they experienced that is the um some of the emdr techniques are uh, being included okay. and that portion i kept mm -hmm. because uh, it is a good uh, good healing processes right. now do you find um so neurobilateral processing uh, let's just briefly talk about um, why you call it neurobilateral processing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, um, bilateral and um, also the EMDR, eye movement, back and forth, left and right side um, movement, um, or tapping of left and right side of the uh, body portions of us, um, I realized that that is the the way the technique to to um, stimulate both sides of our brain system, and um, as most people know, the right side is connected to left brain. That is executive functioning, coping mechanisms, and uh, rational uh, thinking abilities, and then the left. Um, side of the body and that nervous system is connected to right side of the brain that is um, have a, a function of contributing to emotional experiences and and I have you know realized that the both side of the brain need to be stimulated in order to um, utilized stuck memory in the right side of the brain um, needed to be moved back and forth between left and right side of the brain because left side of the brain has a good coping mechanisms and rational thinking and uh, logical way of thinking. And stuck memory is usually in the right side of the brain because emotional responses um, concretalized with, um, with uh, you know, abusive or painful experiences. Right, right. So I think what frustrates people that aren't aware that there are these methods is that they, they get very upset that they cannot think their way out of things. And so, you know, I find that that is one of the things that holds people back the most is they're 
they're saying it to themselves and everyone else is saying it to themselves get over it already you know this is this is mm -hmm. logical let's think this out mm -hmm. and move past mm -hmm. it right mm -hmm. but this mm -hmm. is not a cognitive um a cognitive function it's not a blockage of of the cognitive brain right that's so right. can you explain right. that can you explain that well, uh, typically traumatic memories, um, well, uh, incidents uh, experienced by the em emotional responses to that, you know, experiences, right? Mm -hmm. uh, trauma, trauma experiences. And usually um, right side of the brain is activated to feel an emotional response to that. So um, right side of the brain is more affected um, by the traumatic experiences than the left side of the brain. And um, just, you know, it happened long time ago and forget about it by now, you know, and uh, that is <laughs> logical thinking, but it, it does not work because it the memory of the experiences um, are not in the largely not in the left side of the brain, and right. you can't talk it out. So right. have to activate the uh, right side of the brain, and uh, you know back and forth memories be. Mm back and forth between left and right side of the brain so that logical thinking and um, coping abilities can be applied to um, left, uh, right side brain affected <laughs> memories. And so that's, that's why, you know, both sides of the brain functioning need to be activated. And so, and this but is, right, and this is integration. Or, so you're integrating both yes. so that, that that then the memory, the traumatic memory can be released, right? Yes. yes. Now, are we, are we releasing the memory or are we just releasing the emotional charge of the memory? Both. But um, scientists say that memories never can be removed. But so in this case, when we say removed or uh, it, it's more like resolving, resolving uh, by cognitive functioning of the left side of the brain to, ah, this has happened and that was very, you know, painful experiences and someone, um, you know, affected me in such a painful ways and recognizing that um, is quite quite a healing um, activity right absolutely and, you know because sometimes we are made to think because we were bad and they were you know we are being punished and and uh, put down was uh, occurred or you know criticisms have been applied to us right 
And um, many of us think that was caused by us originally. Right. And the left side uh, brain functioning being activated to look at the uh, traumatic incident, uh, they can recognize finally that was not by caused by us. That's a, that's a huge part of the healing is to understand that we didn't have anything to do with it. Right. That's right. So um, you do other kinds of, of therapies in addition to the neurobilateral processing. What um, is that the largest part of your practice or is that just one aspect of your practice? Well, uh, applying of a trauma healing technique is one aspect of my um, psychotherapy practices. Um, I was very fortunate uh, to attend my doctorate degree courses at a school where they incorporated um, Carl Jung's method. And he typically um, included uh, dreaming and um, artistic expressions um, or um, descriptions being written in the literature um, and also like um, exercising bodily, um, you know, functions and different part of our um, um, our body need to be involved in in uh, healing processes, and so I was able to recognize all different uh, types of um, healings can be applied by looking into our dreams, looking into the the art forms that would influence us or um, attracted to, to look at. And so that can be a healing um, technique. And also doing some yoga, squeezing and uh, expanding of our muscles um, can remove our lymphatic fluid and being flushed out in the form of, you know, even uh, expel, expelling of um, um, toxic elements. So um, that's why, you know, that will prepare me to recognize how these um, images are coming to us or a memory of certain literature or attracted to certain art forms can be a very, very good, you know, healing um, elements. Right. Carl Jung was so brilliant. There are so many um, aspects of psychology and the mind that he just brought to the forefront. So, so right. I know right. one of the things that you do is depth psychology. What is depth psychology? <clears throat> well, depth psychology is um, deeply looking into our soul's function. 
emotions and um, and being expressed in the art art form or um, um, physical movement form such as dancing and um, yogic mm. movements and so um, yeah deeply look into our soul functioning of ourselves and that is called how do you um so for those who are listening and don't really understand what the soul is uh versus the mind and um how would you describe the soul well yes it's a mysterious um function that each one of us have you know fortunate enough to have but some people we repress that part of the uh, functioning um, that we we need to be utilizing to live um, fuller life because of the well, wounding, we are told not to cry, not to express, not to feel, and painful experiences in, mm. in our earlier life were suppressed, right? And uh, um, so any feelings and five senses and including six senses that are, are intuitive knowing, and um, yogic people identified it, you know, at this uh, point at the, at the forehead. Right, the third eye, and right. Mm -hmm. it, yes, they call it third eye. Or Being the sixth chakra or whatever, yeah. See, yeah, see something invisible, but you, you can recognize some element or something. So it's the third eye um, ability to see something without use of the eyesight. And um, yeah. I think there is a, a little episode. Uh, Helen Keller was um, asked of the five senses, what functioning do you consider mo most? Because she, you know, she was born with um, five or uh, three or four different uh, um, functioning being, you know, um, damaged. And um, so she, her parents were kind enough and clever enough and, um, yeah, to hire someone to uh, develop her to feel the touch, you know, feel the touch and feel the, um, the anyway. Mm. So the sixth sense can be developed to, um, so that she could, you know, compromise or uh, overcome other <laughs> functional difficulties, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, she thought the ability to to visualize is the most important function. Wow. And that 
the soul's functioning. Right. So it's sort of our higher, it's our higher self. Right. Sort of our higher self. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not, that's not um, a physical world bound. It's a higher level of ourselves. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that is the most amazing story ever. She's the most amazing person that's ever lived um, because she was able to develop that without any of the other senses, which is just Mm -hmm. very hard for us to imagine, but how brilliant that was. So you also do, you also do, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I wanted to hear more. um, I think in her case, she was not completely blind at a younger age. Um, So she remembers certain sight experiences um, and she was able to later on that severity of the you know uh, ability to see became became diminished but she was able to um come up with the images that she remember still remembered in a limited capacity but right nonetheless what a brilliant woman yes so um so i know that you do um guided meditation and um sleep aid mm-hmm. medica- meditation and i know that so many people struggle with sleep disorders insomnia so how does your sleep aid meditation help people well that's a interesting mm, question mm, i didn't think about uh, that that's okay if I don't want to stump you so I just know that you do this and are you Mm -hmm. finding that that this is effective yes yes and especially guiding people to um, people first quiet down the physical part of ourselves and then um, with the suggesting um, visual um, descriptions of um, the scenery that you might see or the passageway that you might uh, have yourself um, walk in a marginal field um, is very, very calming because the those selected uh, uh, visual suggestions to see in their imagination are healing. And then also I was told that, uh, although (laughs) sometimes I have difficulty talking, but I was um, told that I have very healing um, sound uh, voices and and, uh, that combined with uh, um, you know, visual presentations to guide them to see or walk um, and um, listen to the, the music. In this particular music was um, mm. purchased through uh, someone who recorded uh, hearing music, um, particularly um, played in a repetitious mode. Okay. And that will, um, you know, create sound effect um, waves to guide you to the 
healing and quieting and uh, um, well, relaxed state of being. And that's why many people say, you know, this recording put them in, into sleep within 20 seconds. Wow. <laughs> yes, many people say, I have never listened to the, the end of your... <laughs> <laughs> They're sleeping before. <laughs> That's amazing. And these are people that have chronic insomnia? Mm -hmm. it would be great wow. and um perhaps you know um they could go to my uh website and uh in the home at the bottom of the home page they could uh have the recording um downloaded and i especially i ask you know suggest to them to download into their um, cell phone so that right. you know they could have it uh, any uh, any time they want to use. So we can all listen to that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and your mm -hmm. website is Michi. Um, what is Dr. your website? Michio, Dr. Michio Ambrosius. Com. Okay. Okay. Well, that's great. I'm glad that you offer that to everyone. Yes. Yes. So I'm glad to explain why it right. works. <laughs> and you also do workshops and um group sessions and you offer something you you've recorded something called the glass ceiling breaker webinar and that is that always accessible to us if we want it yes yes um when people visit my website the recording is there and okay uh it's it does not contain visual aspect of it it it's a uh, um, vocal recording and uh, this is about uh, how women should utilize and develop their um, their all abilities um, and uh, utilize their different part of their um, soul's abilities uh, and and become a good leader and uh, break the grass seeding, which is, okay. you know, times held um, above f female workers <laughs> uh, or um, executives uh, level of people uh, have a difficult time to break through that grass seeding, which are usually created by male people. And the glass ceiling is just um, not being able to reach their full potential. They're sort of right. They're yeah, emotional at a certain level. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Emotional ceiling. Um, and the and you also offer other workshops and group sessions. Are they on your website as well? Yes, mm, such as um, raising our self esteem which is so, so important for people to um, acquire the ability to value themselves and uh, make themselves feel happy with themselves. And they have the ability to create happy life. And because so many people 
are damaged by abusiveness that were applied to them by people surrounding us. And by the way, you know, after um, reading about your estimate of how many people, um, percentage of people are narcissistic abusers um, was quite eye-opening because uh, among the um, psychotherapists and psychologists, they go by the, you know, their certain set mind and they say, you know, like only about 2% in each uh, 10 category of personality disordered persons. But in the case of narcissistic people, they are much more um, than, yeah, 2%. Yes, there are. Yeah, there are. And mm -hmm. and the thing is, there, there cannot be any hard statistics on NPD because narcissists will never, ever look, admit that there's anything wrong with them. So they're never no, going to submit right. themselves to any kind of studies. And so that's right. The number is ridiculously small in my in my opinion. But um Yes, besides, you know, when they they hear someone say contrary to what they believe, they you know, their rage come up and huge amount of um opposition. Uh, was you know applied to the people yep. who might suggest something else mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. than what they believe in right so so yeah I think a modest I think a modest and this is not scientifically based at all but I do think a modest estimate is that twenty five percent of the global population suffers from a disorder yeah. such as NPD um, and of course you know then you have the psychopathy and sociopathy and. The borderline and the histrionic but you know they're kind of all part of that mm -hmm. cluster b disorder and um which is it's so alarming because if you realize that every for every person that has a personality disorder how many lives are destroyed around them it's truly right. mind-blowing that this for world sure. is so disrupted by these people that's right, narcissistic people and borderline uh, people, they really, really uh, oppress people around them and affect, you know, I don't know. If one one narcissistic person exists, they'll be creating havoc all around them, right? And um, so large, large uh, percentage of uh, population in the world are being affected by narcissistic people. Yeah. And um, um, borderline people. By the way, um, the more I read about uh, narcissistic people, I'm getting blurred of the difference between narcissistic person and borderline people. Can you um, yes. well, clarify? Yes, you know, what's yes, the I, 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 I can. I can. So a, narcissist, um, right. so a narcissistic person 
has no empathy and any love or uh, affection that they exhibit is all an act. They never actually feel those things. So, so you can sort of have a blanket understanding that if you've been with a narcissist, any anything that they've told you about loving you or being committed to you is really just not even true. Borderlines are more confusing because people with borderline personality disorder, they do have moments of being very affectionate and very needy and very wanting that. But then as soon as they receive it back, they pull away. So you're getting it but then it's being taken from you just as fast as you're getting it. So that's confusing because mm -hmm. you can look at these relationships and you can say, well, there's times where I really believe that this person cared about me, but no sooner do they care about you, they don't care about you. And so that's really confusing. And I know that the clients who have come to me um, after having romantic relationships with these people, mm -hmm are mm -hmm. far worse off than people who have had, you know, narcissism. And I, there is borderline in my family too. And it's, it's very, it's truly crazy making because you don't know where this is coming from. You know, sometimes oh, yeah, they're right. very devoted mm -hmm. to you. And then other times yeah. you are the enemy and it's like, what am I? You know, it's Ooh, very hard. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, um, sudden attack and uh, yes. rageful um, wrath <laughs> comes upon you is really, really confusing. And right, I, right. I remember my mother used to make all my, you know, dresses for me and um, she really treated me with, you know, tenderness and kindness when I was sick and, you know, weakened condition <laughs> not to be able to fight back right. but uh yeah right exactly. so that's why my my sister is still in denial i guess it's very hard to see it and i had a i had one of my um siblings i believe had it and um there was times where it, she was the only person in the world i could go to she was the the person who understood me the most. And then I would get a call saying, you're just like mom, you're 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 evil, just like, like where did my friend go? Where did my friend go? It was so crazy making. And then you get, you get into defensive mode because you're like, no, 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 I'm not, you know. But in that's her right. mind, that's exactly how it was. So it's very confusing. Anyway. Our time is up, but um, I wanted to know if there's anything that, um, any message that you feel is important to sort of leave my listeners with as far as yeah. healing from this. Mm -hmm. It is, yes, especially the people who are affected by narcissistic people or borderline people, they really need to develop their self-love and self-valuing and if they cannot uh, you know admit or accept that they had um, um, narcissistic 
parents or borderline parents, at least they could do is to try to raise their self-esteem and learn to love themselves and create a happy and worthwhile life because happiness and valuable life cannot be just shower, shower upon you. You have to actively create one for yourself and don't wait until, you know, some people to show up and shower with love and gifts and, you know, admiration because uh, unless you develop your own self-valuing, none of those admirations and gifts and uh, praises will not affect you. It's true. And it also makes you vulnerable to predators. If you're that, if you're requiring that, then um, Mm -hmm. chances are you're going to be preyed upon. So that's a really great way to end it. Um, I thank you so much. It's really been great to talk to you. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're, and so for anybody that's listening who wants to um, know more about Dr. Michio Ambrosius, you can go to her website and um, take, you know, look at all the things that she does and the neurobilateral processing and the meditations, which I really, I think that um, the sleep meditations are so valuable because I know people complain about that all the time to me. So we're going to take a look at that and, uh, and share that with other people. And thank you. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you very much. You too. And you. wonderful, um, happy holiday time. Yeah, same to you. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.